Guess what? I'm moving country again. I don't know. Maybe a year. Maybe more. Where's home? Home's everywhere. I'm an expat. Hello, it's Pauline. Welcome to a new episode of Meet the Expats. Today I am with Matt, a young American who is going to tell us all about his backpacking experience and is currently living in South Korea where he is teaching young students. Hi Matt, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining. Um, Maybe can you introduce yourself briefly and then we'll jump into your different travels and experience in South Korea. Of course. My name's Matt. I am 25 years old from uh, the U.S., uh, the state of Maryland, for those of you that do or do not know it. And uh, yeah, I've been living in South Korea for the past... I guess it'd be six months since September. I don't know if my math is correct there, but yeah, I'm teaching English out here and have been teaching English on and off uh, for the past three years. First taught in Spain and now here I am in Korea. Right. You mentioned uh, before that you did a lot of solo backpacking. So that's an aspect I want to start with before we jump, jump into the whole South Korea and teaching side of things. How, how did this come up for you? What motivated you to go travel alone? Yeah, so my, my big thing, um, for those of you that know me and don't, I, I live for travel. And okay. so I took my first solo backpacking trip the third year in college, university. So I was, I don't know... 21, 21, actually, yes, 21. And uh, yeah, so my, my parents had done some uh, traveling throughout Europe. My mother studied abroad in Spain. My father had done a lot of traveling in France. And I mean, they've just done a lot of European travel. And so they really pushed me to, you know, expand my horizons. And, you know, it was winter break in college, didn't have anything else going on. So decided, yeah, let's, let's go on a backpacking <laughs> trip. And wasn't really asking people. I, I think it was kind of a big you know, commitment to do this big three week backpacking trip. So I just kind of did it by myself and, you know, had an amazing time. It was my first time in Europe, my first time really traveling alone. And, you know, I really developed a passion, I guess, for backpacking and by myself and, you know, going to hostels, meeting so many cool people. And I went to uh, Germany, uh, Sweden, Denmark, um, in the Netherlands. And so, yeah, just had an amazing time. And then I did another backpacking trip a few years later. And I think that was the, the first time that I really, you know, opened my eyes to traveling as a solo backpacker. Why, why do you mean it opened your eyes as if, like, what had changed versus the first time you had traveled? What what did it change with you? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean I've, I've done a lot of traveling before the solo part. So, you know, uh, with my family, yes. you know, as I mentioned, my parents love to travel. So they've really, you know, every year we were doing some travels. I had gone to China when I was what, 12 years old. We got family yeah. in uh, Colombia and South America. So I'd been there before, you know, all the bunch of the islands. So my parents, you know, they really, you know. They pushed you into this. Like yes. you grew up with. Like, exactly. And, you know, when I say open my eyes, you know, all my travels until then were dictated by my parents' itinerary. So this mm. is the first, when I say open my eyes, it's like I did what I wanted to do. And I was really, right. you know, going into the unknown. I never stayed in a hostel. I didn't know what a hostel was or any of this. I mean, that's that's what I mean. You know, open my eyes to see like traveling by myself. You know, it's not asking yeah. people 
hey, what are we doing today? No, no, no. It's it's what am I doing today? You know? Yeah, it's taking ownership of your whole. A hundred percent. It's a bit surprising at first, also. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it is you know going into the unknown. I didn't really know what to expect when I was on the the plane, but you know, got there. And uh, we, we have some family in, in Germany, so I met up with them for a little bit. But the rest of the time was, you know, just by myself. And, you know, the hostels, that's where I really, you know, <laughs> fell in love with hostels because <laughs> you meet anyone and everyone. And, you know, I yeah. never really felt alone at any point because, you know, even when I was by myself, you know, still just, you know, an adventure. Okay. So, yeah, the whole alone thing wasn't an issue. You were able to cope with it quite easily. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I I like to. I'm a very talkative guy, and um, I could you know spend time talking to inanimate objects, you know, a tree or something. So I mean, going to a hostel, you know, so easy. Oh, hey, where are you from? And you know, from there, yeah. the conversation goes so many directions. And you know, I live for that because yeah, you know, I mean, if you don't stay in a hostel, if you stay, you know, more you know hotels or stuff by yourself, you're not going to meet these people from all over the world. And you know, I I live for that because I think that's yeah. also with the traveling. It's not not just what I see it's who I meet exactly and have you been able to like build real connections with the people you mesh during those travels are you still in touch with them or yeah I mean social media has allowed me to see I mean it's cool because yeah. before these trips you know my social media was kind of um concentrated to Americans so meeting all these people it's like oh this is what life is like in Sweden oh this is what's happening right now in Australia and I have been able to meet some people from you know, my travels elsewhere in the world. Yeah, I would have liked to have met more people. But you know, I do have these connections. Oh, next time I'm in Italy, I know a dude there, you know, next time I'm in Australia, yeah. I know people there. So I really have friends from all over the world. And, you know, even the short time spent in hostels, I mean, that's a connection that I'll never forget, you know? Yeah, that's really nice, because you, you know, you have a local person in different countries that can give you really the insider tips and take you off the beaten tracks and things like that. Exactly. And that's, I think that's awesome. That's what the solo traveling and just traveling in general has given me. Yeah. Is there anything that you discovered about yourself or that you weren't expecting? Through the, through the solo traveling? I guess how to budget. I mean, just, you know, things that you need to do while you're solo traveling and just to learn like about us. myself. Yeah, like I don't, to learn about myself, um, I guess just I'm very outgoing and I, I do, I think I tried to make myself not really say no to, you <laughs> know, plans and stuff and like, oh, if yeah. you're meeting someone at hostels, I think I really go with the flow. Go with the flow. And I, I wouldn't say I learned that about myself. But I think I really, you know, adapted to that way. And like, that's how I am now. And in, in, in general, I really, you know, when people ask me to do something plan wise, I, I try to say, yes, okay, why not? Yeah. Because, you know, these spontaneous plans, you know, but um, what I learned about myself, I guess, just how I can speak to anyone and everyone. I mean, speaking to people from different cultures, different languages, just, you know, how, how to talk to different people, really, I guess that, yeah, that's something. Yeah, I, I'll say that. <laughs> Yeah, being able to strike conversations yes, exactly. anywhere. And... Nice. So you, you mentioned you did one three-week one, and after that you went on a five-month trip that was a bit cut short. But So did you plan anything for this longer trip? Like, had you already an idea of your itinerary, loosely? It was very loose. So my thing was, <laughs> I... As I mentioned, so I taught English in Spain for right. close to two years. And then I came home and I, I, I just had this, uh, the travel bug, you know, of course. I mean, I've always had that. And so 
I just immediately, I was home for, I think, I don't know, two, three weeks and found a really cheap one way back to, I, I was teaching in Barcelona. So I found a really cheap one way to Barcelona. And then I knew I wanted to go to Thailand. So a few weeks later, I booked Barcelona to Thailand. And then, you know, the timing is just, I had this whole trip. And then a few weeks later, I booked um, Hawaii back to my home state. So it was like, oh, okay, we have five months here. Let's, let's see what's in between. So as the months went by, you know, I had left in the beginning of January. This is 2020. I planned it in September, but it, it was very loose. So between Barcelona and Thailand, I decided I'm going to hit the European countries that I haven't been yet. Because I did a lot of European travel just in general, but also being in Spain, you know, I had that mm. opportunity. So yeah, decided, you're very uh, central. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, you being European, you know, all these cheap flights. So I was on Google flights and I saw, oh, okay, uh, there's a 13 euro flight Barcelona to Sofia, Bulgaria. Okay, mm-hmm. I guess I'll go to Bulgaria. I've never been there. Don't really know what's up with Bulgaria, but okay, let's do it. So then book that and then decided, okay, what's around Bulgaria? Okay, so Turkey's there, Albania's there, and Greece is there. So four new countries hadn't been decided, you know what? Let's just do it. And then then the leg to Thailand had that flight. So then decided, oh, Southeast Asia, I'm going to spend X amount of time there. Um, oh, Australia is like not too far. Well, I'm doing air quotes, not too far. Closer yeah. than it is from, from me, you know. It's probably the closest one around. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. So I hate flying, ironically. So if I really? ever, ever yeah, exactly. if, if I ever am going to go to Australia, I would have to, you know, cut that flight. Take the shortest flight yes, you can. yes. So I decided, oh, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Oh, let's do Australia. So then book the flight for that and then Australia to Hawaii and then back home. So it was very, but again, like in between, you know, I knew the countries, but it wasn't necessarily what am I going to do? Where am I going to go in these countries? It was just getting those legs, you know? Okay. Nice. Very, yeah, very intuitive (laughs) indeed. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it was, I'm very, you go with the flow. Exactly. And then yeah, just I didn't plan on going to these countries. It was just okay. <laughs> Flights. They're laying around here, not far, so why not hop in? Hey, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Any specific anecdote or one that stands out? I mean, just it, it was an amazing time. So, in it was supposed to be five months, as I mentioned, but COVID cut it short. But I'm really grateful because I was able to do half of it. So I That's met. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I met people in Thailand. Um, this one girl, she was um. French Canadian, she like quit her job, sold all this stuff, and she was supposed to be traveling for about nine months, and she made it two weeks, and then had to go back because of COVID. So I mean, here I am complaining like, oh my god, you know, I was going to do five months, but you know, I I did do two and a half, and I mean, anecdotes. I mean, just everywhere I went was just so cool. I mean, Albania, I think, was just awesome. You know, really don't know anything about Albania, and I, I live for these countries that no, I don't know anyone that's ever been. I think I'm the only person I personally know that's been. So that was cool. So like just going to, you know, the beaches there. Granted, it was in January, but just the colors of the water. Like I just never expected. Like this Eastern European country. You know, everyone's talking about Croatia, Montenegro, the beaches. Well, I mean, Albania is right there, and yeah. so it was beautiful. Yeah, I've heard Albania is very similar to, at least in terms of landscapes, to Croatia and Montenegro, but less touristy. It doesn't have all the infrastructure. Hell yeah, much. less touristy, yeah. cheaper. I and mean, I've been to Croatia before, but I'm thinking, you know, I spent this amount in Croatia, well, I spent, you know, a fraction of that in Albania. Yeah. And I, I mean, that just opened the door because, you know, I now I know I want to go there for 
the summer, you know, when it's really mm-hmm. popping and, oh, it's beautiful. And then Turkey was amazing. I mean, everywhere I went, I mean, Bulgaria was so cool. I went to some Roman ruins there. And again, didn't know anything about Bulgaria as my first time in a country with the Cyrillic alphabet. So that was, that was cool. And Turkey, the food and Greece, just the history, you know, learning about that in school and like just being there. And then, you know, going to Thailand, just oh, so hot. But like, I really, exp- I was there in Thailand for about a month because I was there when COVID really started, you know, popping off. And right. I decided, I mean, I guess just make, see, just chill in Thailand for about a month, see what happens. And, you know, went with the elephants, did the washing the elephants. I mean, that was just a you know, right. once in a lifetime experience for me. And, you know, I've, I've always wanted to go to Thailand and, you know, and I just really met some awesome people. And I saw the um, the the plankton that light up at night. And they come right. out. Oh, it was amazing. Just, you know, go in the water, you move your, your arms and legs and just like, it's this glowing stuff. And oh, it was just, it was just an amazing trip. And Magical. I just, yes. I mean, I just, I can't wait to get back on the solo backpacking route. <laughs> nice. And so how do you actually finance and budget for a trip like that yes i mean i came home from spain and i spent about five or i guess five months working at a restaurant i knew like the money that i'm saving is just going to be this trip and i I did not budget well but i mean i I was fine i I didn't i wasn't like some of these people that you read online that you know really looking at every single cost which you know probably would have been better for me but (laughs) i mean i I didn't there was no point where it was like oh my god you know i'm in the red granted I would yeah. like to have seen how I would have been going the full five months to see if like maybe at the end of the road, like, <laughs> oh man. But I mean, I just, I mean, I stay in hostels. So, I mean, you cut costs yeah, that way. And I mean, that's not no problem for me. And, you know, Thailand, some of these Eastern European hostels, some of them are like $3 a night. So that's whatever. And I'm yeah. not eating, I mean, I don't really eat breakfast in general, but so, I mean, just, you know, meal planning, I guess, to a degree, but I mean, I'm always looking for, you know, street food, not these fancy restaurants and yeah. I don't well, just I budget, in, yeah. In in like Eastern European countries it's pretty easy. Thailand is pretty easy. Australia, I feel like the cost of living is so so much higher. It might be a bit more difficult. Oh budget yeah. wise. Yeah. So I would have had to have and even well so I mean on this trip I was in uh France actually. So I was in yeah. um yeah. Lyon and well Paris as well. So yes, in these countries or these places, you know, Western Europe I, yeah, I do try again hostels, but again, you got to be prepared. The mm-hmm. hostels are going to be a lot more expensive. The food is, but you know, I'm, I, I'm always going to markets and you know, getting yeah. making that like a, a lunch, a dinner. You know, just being exactly. going with the flow. Yeah, really, I'm not a picky yeah. eater, so <laughs> you can figure things out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And sometimes I spend too much time thinking, oh, what am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? And whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't feel, you know, I didn't feel like I was really crunching numbers. It was really just like. Because I'm I, I'm not spending that much money on food in general, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, I, again, I would have liked to have seen you know Australia because I feel like I think Australia is you know for, in general like more expensive than the U.S. So that would have been yeah interesting, but didn't make it there. Didn't make it there. Okay, clear. <laughs> Let's shift gears a little and move on to South Korea. So how how did you get there? What made you want to move here? Yeah. So just a little. Um, glimpse into my my past with the teaching English abroad so I graduated college studied marketing and public relations and I had done you know a solo backpacking trip my third year and then my fourth year 
I went back to Europe with all my college roommates. And again, like it was up towards graduation. I knew like, I'm just trying to travel. Like this whole life <laughs> thing. I don't know. Like I'm just trying to travel. So my mom mentioned, uh, yeah, like, why don't you get certified to teach English as a foreign language? And so I did. And then was off to Spain not too long after that and loved it. And so then after my backpacking trip, I thought, you know, I'll be turning 25. And, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know if I want to go into the marketing public relations yet, or if I, you know what I mean? If I, if that's what I want yeah. to do, I, I still want to get the most out of this TEFL certificate, teaching as a foreign language. So South Korea is, South Korea and China, Taiwan are like the big destinations for the money. And so Spain... For, um, on, on the teaching side? The teaching side, yes. So for right. teaching in Spain, amazing time. And, you know, my time in Barcelona was, you know, best year of my life. And I, I mean, I, I would live there. But it's not sustainable teaching English there because, yeah. I mean, you're there as a student visa and the money's just not there. So I figured, well, I mean, I've been there, done that kind of thing in Spain. So why not, you know, go back to Asia? So let's see, never been to Korea I really don't know much about Korea, so it was really, it seemed, you know, as an option. And, and China, you couldn't go in with COVID to, yeah. you know, they weren't hiring new new um, teachers and stuff. And Japan, I would have preferred because I knew more, just out of ignorance, I knew more about Japan. But they, they, their program, it's a little harder to get in there, I think. I mean, I think Korea is, is just, just so easy to get into. There's just so many opportunities. And, you know, my the academy that I went through to get my TEFL certificate, the, I mean, I've, there's just so many people you can talk to about Korea. So it was just, there wasn't any going into the, well, I mean, there is always going into the unknown, but it was really, I kind of knew just, I mean, what I would be getting myself into. Yeah, and so I yeah, talk to people. Exactly. So I wanted to be in Seoul, but again, because I, I didn't know much about Korea. But so then with talking to recruiters and stuff, they kept saying, oh, it's just too hard to get into Seoul, which I think was a lie because, I mean, there's a lot of people teaching in Seoul. (laughs) I think maybe they just weren't working with those. I I don't know. But so they said, I mean, you should maybe expand your, you know, your net with teaching. So they said, oh, there's some opportunities in Busan, which is where I am now, which is the second biggest city in Korea and 3.3 million people. It's right on the beach. So, I mean... Barcelona was right on the beach and you know I, I think that's my draw to Barcelona as opposed to Madrid so it seemed like okay let's let's go to Busan and arrive in September. So just back on the teaching piece with the academies what type of schools do you teach at or do you do private lessons or what's what's the whole in Korea structure? Uh, yes. Yes. So in Korea, there's multiple routes you can take. So there's um, this program called Epic, which they place you into public schools. But there you don't have a say necessarily of where you'll end up. So you could really send all your documents and stuff and, you know, say, oh, I want Seoul and then end up in, you know, really small town in the middle of nowhere. So I really did not want to do that because... Before Barcelona, my first contract in Spain, I was in a really small town, which amazing experience. But I think me, you know, I've lived in D.C., lived in Barcelona. It's just I'm a city guy. I grew up yeah. in a small town, so I knew I don't want to give it. Now you want big then, cities. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I want the say in where I end up. I'm not going to have it be the luck of the draw and end up in yeah. small town Korea. I mean, I just, I, at this point in my life, I'm a city guy. So I decided the other route you can go through uh, private academies called hogwans which that you apply i mean you can go through recruiter recruiters but you know which hogwan you'll end up 
at kind of thing. Okay. So the recruiter might say, oh, we have a position in Seoul. You want to interview for? Okay. So there you have more say of where you'll go. You'll see what kind of school it is, talk mm -hmm. to the people and stuff. But I did not want it to be up to the program to send me wherever, you know? Yeah. And is there a difference in pay in with private and public? I see. I think it's very similar. Maybe the I think the private might be a little more money, but the public you have more uh, vacations. Security. So at, yeah. it's secure. Uh, I think security too, because the thing with Hogwans too. The thing about teaching in Korea, you just read so many horror stories about really? you know, specifically these Hogwans that treat the foreign teachers badly and just. Because it's a business aspect, and you just see, I guess, more mm. shady practices versus the public school route. So it it okay. is a big gamble. So you know you do know where you're going, but I mean, there's I mean, you just type in teaching in Korea, and odds are you're gonna find you know all these horror stories. There's actually okay. <laughs> websites uh, that blacklist specific academies, so you have to do so much research ahead of time, which I did, which I knew. Thank you. Right. <laughs> you came prepared. I did because I did not want to come to the other side of the world mm. and just be in this terrible situation yeah i can imagine <laughs> all right so you arrived there in september how were your first steps in south korea then well i'll tell you it wasn't off to a good one because you have to do the two-week quarantine which uh, well that's probably yeah so half the was, world now yeah so it was the two-week quarantine where you cannot, they might put you up in a hotel, but no, here they put me up well, in the apartment that I'm living. So another perk of coming to Korea, they provide housing, all paid for, you pay, you know, utilities. Yeah. yeah so the, I was able to come to my apartment, but I was indoors for two weeks, didn't see or talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the government was supposed, well, they provide food, but I, I don't think they provided enough or I was put under the impression that there would be more coming. And I was really rationing like eggs and f oh it's just not no. not fun and I really went stir crazy just being inside and by the end I mean that was my first two weeks in Korea so my first you yeah. know time when when it was 12 p.m whatever day it was oh you're out of quarantine so just going outside just forgot how to act as a human being outside yeah. so I'm walking <laughs> everywhere I mean it was just so cool because I was just a very foreign experience to me because you know I this is my 31st country but I've only been to a handful of countries where it's not, you know, the Latin alphabet. So, I mean, you know, I don't mm. speak German or Albanian, but I can still maybe sound out what it says. But, you know, here, I mean, it's a whole different alphabet and stuff. So it's as yeah. foreign as a country as you can get. And, oh, but I mean, the food was amazing and just, just so, so great. You know, just that first two weeks getting out and just, just being free. <laughs> Finally <know>? discovering. <laughs> yes, exactly. Everything was a new experience. And I, I've never been to Korea. And again, every, every, every little day was just something new. So what is the vibe of the city you're in? Is it Busan, right? Yes, Busan. So Busan. beachy and it's just, I mean, it's a beautiful city. I mean, it has all the skylines of just a modern city, just this, this big bridge. And have you seen the movie uh, Black Panther? No, I haven't. It's on my list to watch. Okay. Well, there, um, it's actually a bunch of it was filmed in Busan. So there's okay. this big famous bridge scene in the movie. And it's just the, the bridge here in Busan, which it's this beautiful bridge. And actually, you can see Japan, one of the Japanese islands, on a clear day. So oh, wow. it's just, a, and again, I had, nothing, I had nothing about Busan. And 
I mean, it's just a really pretty city, and it's it's situated in the mountains. So I mean, it really has it has the mountains, the the beach, and I mean, it's just so sprawling. It's <laughs> it's it's a huge city, really. And I didn't realize how big it was. Right. And what about culturally? So South Korea is definitely very different in terms of culture to America and anything basically in Europe anyway. So you did mention a whole different alphabet. Difficult to understand. On the cultural aspect, have you noticed anything or found challenges sort of to adapt? I mean, the culture aspects... Not not so much. I mean, because I've I mean, my culture shock was going to China as you know, thirteen year old. So there hasn't right. really been anything. I mean, granted, the Chinese and Korea is not the same, but like just the whole mm. going to Asia, the whole Asian culture shock. I mean, that's when it hit yeah. me. So I haven't really experienced anything here that's just been so. Oh my God, what is this? Because I mean, I feel like mm. that happened. You know, I've done enough traveling. You know, because some people that come here, yeah. you know, having traveled, it's like, oh my, whoa, this is so different. But really, I mean. I feel like I, I've, like I said, done enough travel where nothing has really opened, my, not even opened my eyes, just like shocked me, kind of. Mm. Yeah, now you're all in the, okay, I'm taking it all in, but there's no exactly. big, like, huge surprise. You, you're expecting everything to be different anyway. Exactly. I mean, just, I mean, the culture shock in the sense where I really am, I mean, because when I first arrived, I mean, my Korean still is, is not good, but, you know, at the time it was really nothing and it's just, you know, I feel like an alien. Like I can't communicate mm. with people and yeah. it's just, you know, using hands and stuff like that. So I mean, that's that, frustrating. Yeah. But you know, I, I, that's happened every Albania. There weren't many people speaking English. So I mean, yeah. I, I, I know Imagine. how to get around with that. It's all, <laughs> you do what you got to do, you know? <laughs> okay. And just around the teaching then with, uh, so you teach South Korean students? Yeah. So or... I teach kids age. We'll see. I don't know if you knew this. I didn't know this before. The Korean age is different than, I guess, the rest of the world. So Meaning? when when you are born, you're one one in Korean age, as opposed to being, you know, a day Zero. old. Yeah, for us. Oh. So, but when it's January 1st, everyone, it's everyone's birthday in the sense that everyone turns a year older. So a, a baby that's born December 31st is two years old Korean the next day. This is crazy. So the age, the reason I say is because the ages that I teach, I'm still confused actually how old they are in my in European age. Yes. <laughs> or... so, yeah. So I'm so okay for Korean age, it's age three until seven. So, so that would be two until six for us. I, I see. Again, I'm very confused because some of these. But I mean, that's not sure. It yes. depends if you're born in June or exactly. On the first it's July, the month that they're born. The first so, of January. Yeah, so I am actually quite confused as to how old they are so, in Western age. So does everyone celebrate their birthday on January 1st? I mean, technically, yes. I mean, that's like the, the new year is is the birthday. And it, it's, it's very, yeah, because, you know, it's I'm... confusing. Yeah, so I'm 26, in, or international age, that's what you call it. And then, you know, Korean, I'm 27. So... Yeah, basically, it's it's young children. So the three year olds, I mean, they are like babies, you know, still in diapers, and that that it, it's a little challenging with uh, That's you know, super being super young to learn oh, a foreign vet. language. Well, to learn a language in general, they don't even speak Korean. Yeah. It's oh, wow. very, very, you know. How come they're there? What's like 
I guess there's a lot of pressure on the See, Yeah, I mean, they're, they're starting early. You know, it's an international kindergarten, I guess is what you would call it. And, you know, the emphasis on learning the, the foreign language, I guess, you know, right away, you know, being a baby. So, you know, I guess the kids, I mean, like I said, I mean, these, I mean, okay, see, again, it's confusing because the class is now four years old, but they're not four years old. They're two or three, I think, international. It's interesting. But, you know, they're not speaking <laughs> like any Korean either. So yeah. I mean, they're not able to speak. And, you know, like I said, I think it's two 10-person classes for this age group. And I think the bulk of them are in diapers. So, right. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's definitely interesting teaching them versus, um, you know, seven-year-olds. I just, you know, because in Spain, I taught quite young um, in my first contract. I think they okay. were still five years old. Yeah, maybe. but at least they know how to speak one language. Yes, so exactly. There's and already, like, you can already start a bit of a conversation. But when exactly. they don't speak, how do you... Oh, yeah. How do you teach? How do you know it's very, <laughs> it's very difficult because the... Um, the school that my academy is part of a chain of academies. So they send this curriculum and the curriculum is just so much harder than their ability. So these, the baby oh, classes, no. it's reading. I mean, I guess I, I get, you have to throw them, you know, the, all the, the exposure, but it, it's difficult. And I also have to teach um, a gym class out here, which I'm teaching <laughs> uh, seven times a week. Uh, I, you know, I love, I love sports. I've played all my life, but you know, teaching gym is hard and baby gym. I have four times a week. <laughs> and it's very difficult because, I mean, they don't understand what I'm saying. It's all, you know, we do a lot of right. dances and stuff. You can but... sign and mime at least. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, but we have, I have seen some progress. So they can say sometimes like circle, square, you know, head, shoulder, knees and toes. Okay. But it, it is very, you know, uh, it's a new experience to me because I, I didn't expect this young when I signed the contract because I didn't know about current yeah. age. Yeah, so they didn't tell you or they gave you the age, but it wasn't. It was four. Specific. I didn't realize okay. four yeah. could be two. <laughs> four. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that is a major difference. Yeah. And it's so I'm teaching. Um, so math, science, we got drama and then, you know, writing the gym class and um yeah, so it, it's a full full schedule, you know, Monday through Friday. So you teach all those different classes, science, maths, in English? Yep. So also. so some, like, the six and seven are the only ones I'm doing the math and science with. But then, you know, the rest of the kids is just, like, English, like, oh, a thematic unit, a story mm -hmm. unit. But then the older okay. ones with drama. But it is difficult because I think, again, as I mentioned, the – the main campus they send the curriculum so the the drama class and stuff it's these these books that i mean these kids they, i mean they can't read i don't even know if they can read yeah. in english or in korean so like it's just such a higher level and it's really stressful because i really you know the the co-teachers i mean i'm by myself but the uh, my co-workers the koreans they say like oh just teach it as is you know you just have to move forward but i, I feel you know guilty like the kids aren't retaining such a yeah, high level of. you know so it i mean it's been a good experience the teaching but there are times where it's like i feel like i just could be doing more because i mean just the the level is just so much higher than some of these these kids you know oh wow and so how long do you see yourself doing this for are you happy and want to 
continue? Do you think it's just a phase, like I'll do this one year and then move on? Or? So, I mean, I do know my contract, the Korean contracts are one year, exactly. Okay. So not like a school year, no, like like one year, exactly. So yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm ready to, you know, <laughs> quit the TEFL, TEFL way. You know, I, I, I can yeah. see myself maybe going elsewhere in Korea or maybe trying Taiwan, China, Japan. But, you know, I just, I really, I like this experience of just living abroad. You know, I just, yeah. it's, it's so much fun to me. The teach the teaching is, is, has been great for the most part, you know, granted, but I mean, that's with any job, you know, the downsides, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, the, I'm very last, I, I'm hard. It's hard for me to plan the future, you know? Yeah. But I mean, you're so young and you're at the beginning of your career. You have loads of time to think about it. I, I hope so but there are parts of me that look like i mean yes i'm 26 uh but it's still like i feel like twice as old you know i, I don't know yeah. i just have this you know uh voice in my mind like oh you gotta do this you gotta do that like you're old but no it's like i'm young you know just the uh, going back and forth <laughs> yeah it's it's funny because when you speak i feel like yeah teaching is just a solution to allow you to travel yes lot. because Yes, because, you know, again, I studied marketing, public relations. I would never teach back in the U.S. This is my way. Because I, I, this, this isn't something when I did the TEFL certificate that I planned on, oh, this is going to be my career. I'm going to be an English teacher for yeah. God knows how long. But it, it's at this moment, it is kind of, you know, a, a filler to, to for these experiences, you know? Yeah, that's good. It's interesting to have that, that view. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to... Busan and talk about the recommendations piece. So you gave us a little bit of the vibe of this beachy city. What would you recommend in terms of one bar, one restaurant? And then I always ask for a carte blanche, which is really anything you want. Your your pick. Yes. The last one, you know, my place of choice, um, I guess just the beach. You know, this the beach here, I mean, for those that are listening, you just have to look up Busan. I mean, it's just a beautiful beach really and there, there's two main ones there's one uh Hayonde beach and then a little farther down it, that overlooks the bridge that i mentioned in black panther is uh guangali so it's just these two beaches i mean i'm so excited for the summer you know just seeing mm -hmm. it now like in the winter just oh it's just it's beautiful i mean I, and i never expected south korea as like beachy destination really i mean my mind yeah. south korea is just cold and mountainous but no my my you know that's really been changed and there's there's an island i guess i, I will combine this uh, my favorite korean destination as opposed you know not just busan there's nice. an island called the uh, jeju island which is off the coast and it's uh, they call it like the hawaii of of korea and it's just this beautiful like the colors of the water it's like something like a tropical destination so again the beaches are my my favorite places in terms of a restaurant, um, there's a restaurant, I, I don't know the name, and every time I look it up, I can't find it. I just, it's this uh, Korean barbecue spot. I mean, Korean barbecue's everywhere out here, obviously. And they have this um, bulgogi, you know, this this spiked uh, pork, which, you know, you cook it yourself. And I never had Korean barbecue back home, which, not sure why, because, you know, living in Washington, D.C., there, there are a lot of Korean barbecue places, just never went. But here it's just just so good, you know, just it's such a good experience, you know, with with friends, you know, getting all this raw food, you know, cooking it yourself. Mm. And I mean, you're not waiting for, you know, waiters, waitresses taking orders. They just bring it out. And it's like unlimited um, side dishes, so like the kimchi. Yeah. And 
I mean, it's just just so good, and I, I really like going there. It's right next to uh, the gym that we go to, so you know we try <laughs> sometimes. After. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like to think it's healthy. I'm not sure the yeah. you know the health facts on that, but well. yeah, but you can go to the gym before and then treat yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's not a McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, the McDonald's is across the street, but you know, don't don't go there. Whatever. And in terms of a bar, there's a bar. I guess it's like a foreigner bar. Really, it's. It's called uh, HQ. It's in uh, uh, near the beach at Busan, and it's just always a rowdy night. But like it, like looking, it has this view where it, of the bridge, and the bridge at right. night is just so pretty. It actually like changes colors, and sometimes they put like simulations, I guess, like just movements on the bridge, yes. and oh, it's beautiful. And it's like on the fifth floor, I think. So you know, it has a good uh, height element view. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just it's a it's a cool cool bar. But I mean, there's just so many cool bars here. I mean, Busan is a city that's big enough. It's just so you know cosmopolitan. They have, they have everything. You know, you want French cuisine, Italian cuisine. You want this fancy cocktail bar, and it's just so cool. And I feel like you know by the time I'm done here, I will have only seen you know a fraction of what is actually here. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's always frustrating that you feel you never have enough time to go through a city fully. Exactly. I'm really every free t- every time I have free time, just try to explore that new thing, you know? Yeah, you're still in that honeymoon phase exploring. Oh, 100%. Exactly. <laughs> Which is the best one, so enjoy it as you can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great for all those tips. And before we wrap up, my last question is always, what's your expat song or your... Yeah, so um, it's actually... it's um. It's like a house music, electronic dance music. That's not my favorite music, but at one time I was in Barcelona at the gym and I just heard this song. It's uh, called uh, Best Life by uh, DJ uh, Kashmir. And I just, the beat is really cool, but in some of the, the lyrics, he's just talking about living his best life. And, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but I just, I feel like I am living my best life. You You're know, there I, now. I am, yeah. I, I Good. My biggest regret is not uh, studying abroad in college, which my mom had pushed me so hard to do. And I kept, I was just so against it. But I feel like I'm really having that experience now. And it's not even just yeah. studying abroad. It's like, no, I'm living abroad and working abroad. So I am mm. living my best life. And I know it's not good to compare my life against, you know, with my friends, you know, people getting married, buying houses and stuff. You know, that's cool. But I feel like this is my version of my best life. And I yeah. feel like that song, you know, puts that into a thing because, you know, the, the the refrain is, he's, you know, living my best life. And he's talking about not having, you know, the fancy cars, this and that. It's, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's living the best life to what, what he's doing. I, I feel like. To his own standards and yeah, what exactly. he wants in his life. A hundred percent. And that's, I feel like that's what I'm doing right now. Good. Yeah, it's it's great that you have that, like, you're able to take that step back to see, well, I'm actually enjoying what I'm doing and I wouldn't trade my life for anything else right now. Like I'm not dreaming of something else. I'm actually living the present moments and going through it. A hundred percent. I mean, my, my life goal is to see, you know, every country in the world. And, you know, I think 31 countries now, I think is a pretty good place at my point in my life. And having lived yeah. in two, one in Western Europe and one in, you know, East Asia. So I think that's, I mean, just a really cool, I'm just looking back on my life and, you know, I'm forever grateful for everything that I've seen. And, you know, it's just the beginning. I'm trying to see. (laughs) It doesn't have to stop. (laughs) Exactly. Great. 
Well, thanks so much for joining. I learned loads about Korea. I'm really shocked about that age thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it still gets me every day. <laughs> but yeah, inter- interesting to get that perspective and how t- teaching works there, but also your whole experience around solo traveling and how you, how you see your, yourself moving forward. Well, th- yeah, thank you so much for having me. It has been awesome. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. As usual, I will link everything in the comments. If you enjoyed the episodes, please uh, go put a rating on Apple Podcasts and feel free to share the podcast around you and stay tuned for the next one. Bye.